0: Hello, friends. I'm Angel the Stranger, and welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. Okay, so I don't think that I will ever get a hang of those intros. <laughs> they don't feel natural to me so i mean yeah okay so if you're new hi welcome to my podcast this is my podcast and i'm proud of it kind of not really <laughs> okay i'm literally debating right now restarting um this podcast session but isn't my whole entire podcast about being real and genuine and stuff. So, um, typically, a lot of the time, my podcast will start out like this, and I'll be like, oh, man, this is terrible. <laughs> so, like, redo it, and it sounds so staged. It is terrible. I, I don't know. Maybe eventually I'll get it. Okay, so, first thing I want to tell you um, is please go review my podcast on Apple Podcasts if you've listened to it before. Um I would so appreciate that uh cuz I really want to know what you guys think um And yeah uh also if you know me for in person <laughs> and you're listening to my podcast go ahead and tell me how I'm doing cuz I need to know <laughs> um and if you want to see any other weird stuff from me Go to my website, thestrangersessions.com. No spaces, and you need to make sure to include the at the beginning, because otherwise something weird will show up. Um, And thank you for listening. So I'm going to start now. Um, I've done this session before. I have recorded it before. The problem with it was that I did it at 12:30 in the morning and I was I needed to be in bed and I was like talking like this because my parents and everybody was sleeping and I was like talking like this and that was pretty bad um and I was like totally distracted it it was not a good session I don't think so I took it down um and decided to redo it cuz I feel like I could include I could do it better now that I've kind of done almost 20 sessions now um, not including ones I haven't published. So I've done over 20 sessions. So my 20th session is definitely going to be better than my first. Um. So I guess I'll start. My subject today is fear of death. And I did two fears. I did strangers to fear, and then I did strangers to fear of death. And surprisingly fear of death was listened to more times than strangers to fear in general so i guess people kind of actually are like hmm so i'm gonna cover that subject today because i i think i have a few good things on that um so i'll just open up to matthew ten twenty eight. if you guys want to open up with me that could be cool um so you could see it for yourself, uh, because I could get things wrong and things, so, um, you could open up by yourself, um, somebody told me, she's my podcast, her friend, and she told me that if I'm going to try and, like, not bore you guys out, like, make you so bored that you, like, zone out, zone, zone out, or whatever, how you say that, um, she said that I needed to, like, write down the verses I have. But today I have, like, so many verses. Well, not so many, but more than I would like to just, like, write down in my notebook to read them off. So I'm just going to open to them. Usually that's what I do, but sometimes if they're short enough, I'll just, like, write them inside of my notebook so that I would see them right away instead of have to open it in. Yeah. So, Matthew ten twenty eight, And this is 10, 20 through 31. Um... Because this is really a, a good um, a good section or passage. Oh, passage that talks about like how valuable are we to God. Um, so here we go. Matthew ten twenty eight through thirty one, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So I'm just going to go like verse by verse and kind of explain that, I guess. So here Jesus is saying, Jesus is talking here, and he's saying, he's stating so clearly that we are not to fear somebody who could take our lives. um, Because our lives are just like, an earthly, um, season, I guess, of our actual life, our, our earth, us on earth is just like a, a season, and then we're going to live in eternity, um, after we die, so do not fear somebody who could take your life, because it's impossible for them to take your soul, um, but, instead fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell and the first time i read this verse i was like "Hmm, that must be satan then because he is able to mess with spiritual things but then i was like okay wait satan has no power over hell at all so this verse is actually talking about god um so it's but rather fear god Who's able to destroy both your soul and your body in hell. Um, if you're a Christian, you don't need to be like afraid of God. And last time I did this session, I actually looked up what the word fear um, right there in that passage, what it means. Because I was like, what, it, what does this like mean originally? Like, um, And it, it means... It doesn't really mean to be scared of it. It means, like, to be in awe of or reverence. Um, so, we just need to, like, be in reverence to God and, like, respect him because he is all-powerful and He's superior. How do you say this word? I know how it's spelled, but I don't know how to say it. Um, he's... Yeah, I can't remember how to say it, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? He's an authority; he has power over everything. Okay, verse twenty-nine: Are not two sparrows sold for one farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground with your father? So, without your father. Sorry. Um. See, this is why I'm telling you guys to open up and read with me, cause who knows what I'll get wrong here. Um. So I, I'm guessing that um. They're saying that Jesus says that two sparrows are sold for a farthing here um, to show their value, basically, like what they're sold for. Um, And then he continues to say that basically one of them will not fall on the ground without God seeing that sparrow fall or no, not. uh, God will always know when that sparrow, one of them. So something for the value of half a farthing, I'm not sure how much a farthing was worth, I probably should have looked it up, but I'm guessing it's a pretty low price for a sparrow, um, and this was not, like, a pet sparrow, I think this was for, like, sacrifices, um, but I could be wrong, um, but it doesn't matter anyway, what's, the point of this here is saying that God will know if that sparrow falls. He will see it. Um, verse 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I'm sure that all of us have sat down at one point in our childhood and counted every single one of our hairs on our head. Except for me, of course. I've never done that, so I couldn't do it. Um, I mean, I don't think I could. I'm sure I would at least miss like a thousand hairs. Um... And now I'm just trying to figure out, how would I even count my own hair? That is so weird. In any case, moving on. Um, The very hairs of your head are num- all numbered. That means that, that's again, God is all-knowing. He knows the number of your hair. Which is an odd thing to know. But, I mean, Jesus, Jesus knows how to re- relate to us humans. We're pretty weird. And so he's like yeah, God knows this, and we're like, huh, that's weird, (laughs) I kind of like it, okay, 31, fear ye not therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows, so, the point of this is that God will not accidentally not see a sparrow fall to the ground, like, as if it was flying, and it got, like, shot or had a heart attack, cardiac arrest, and it died. <laughs> I don't know if birds have cardiac arrest. Is that possible? I don't know. Um but God will notice that. He will see it. He will know exactly the condition of the bird, what happened. He will know it. Um and and now he's like but don't don't be afraid, humans. <laughs> you are of more value than like a ton of sparrows like of many sparrows so he's just saying like how valuable we are to him and to God that he he's really interested in every detail of our life like anything that's like bothering you recently um such as me saying like too many times that's bothering you he cares about it he cares about how you feel about that um he cares about what you've been afraid of, he cares about, um, relationships with people that you have, he cares about, um, every little detail in your life, um, nothing is not important enough, you are so important to him, um, and we forget that all the time, and we're like, we just get afraid because we forget that we are so valuable to God, um, and now I'm saying um too many times. Guys, do you hate it that I keep bringing up all the things that are bothering me about myself? Gosh. Okay. Psalm 4.8 Sets, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. So I think that a lot of the time we get... We might get afraid at night or like when we're in the dark because of the unknown and like that just seems like the time that somebody or something would come and and like physically hurt you. Um I'm just talking on bot I guess my behalf. I if I do get afraid of something, usually it's during the night. I don't know if that's because of the dark or because of the unknown, or because I'm just so, my mind isn't working like completely. So, um. I I mean I admit it. I get scared, <laughs> um. Because I'm only human, and I I'm gonna get scared at times. And there are times when I'm afraid of other things. You guys want to know something? I'm really scared of. I don't know if I mentioned this before. Let me look really quick. I have my, my first sessions. I, like, almost wrote down every single thing that I would say. But thankfully, I've come pretty far from that. Okay, I don't think I told you guys, but... um, One of my worst fears... I don't even know why. Don't ask me why. I'm afraid of seaweed. I I just am afraid of it. I have no reason, like... I have pretty much no reason to be afraid of seaweed. Like, it's just, like, grass. Like, what does grass do to you? It's just so long, and it, like, moves because of the water, and I, like, feel like when it touches you, it's just, like, so absolutely disgusting. Ah. Yeah. It's just so creepy, and it's, like, dark, and, like, usually in a seaweed place, you can't really see the ground, and it's just, like so that's my stupid fear, what's yours, okay, so this verse says that he will basically go to sleep, and he will sleep in peace, because he knows that God makes him dwell in safety, he makes, um, us be in, safe, just, God makes us be, be safe, um, And I wrote down to note the word only in this verse. It says, For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Only. God is the only thing that can protect us um, from the things of this world. Um, So, we just need to remember that he loves us so much. I mean, he gave up his son. Or, if you think about it, from Jesus' perspective he loves us so much he literally did died for us and if you guys want to learn more about that or like want to want to hear more about like in depth what did jesus like actually suffer for us i i basically did a long session on that um in my the gospel session um so if you want to go check that out that would be cool um Psalm 3, 3-6. Three that's going backwards. I know that's kind of weird, but whatever. I'm weird. 3-6 um, through six says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Um... I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. And I have two more verses in Psalms, and then I'll I'll talk about this. Um, Psalm seven one, O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that are that persecute me and deliver me. And ten, my defence is of God which saveth the upright in heart. So, this is David in Psalms, and Psalms has, like, a lot on this. I feel like a lot of really good verses for encouragement um, when it comes to fear, and especially fear of, like, death, because um, I know this is kind of still on just fear, not really of death, but I will get to that, I, I assure you. Um... So, Psalm has a lot on this because David was, um, he was basically hunted for many years. If you guys know the story of David, I haven't brushed up on it very, uh, very much lately. I know I've read all of Proverbs and, oh wait, sorry. I have i have read all of Proverbs, but that's by Solomon, David's son. Um, but I have read all of Psalms, um... But basically, the king, King Saul, I think it was King Saul, he was basically after David. He really wanted to um, murder David. And so, David was basically hunted for years. He had to run and hide. Um, And yet, he still held his faith in God. He held strong, and God protected him um, from Saul. And so... If you guys want to, you should read this. um, Read this so that you would understand that if God doesn't want you to die, if it's not God's plan for you to die, you you are not going to die. You can't. It's impossible. Um, Like no one is big enough to ruin God's plan. You probably heard me say this before, um, but nobody, nothing is big enough. To ruin the plan of God, the or to mess it up, um. So, if God is not planning is if God is planning for me to live, um, to either get married, and have children, or get married and go to college, or get married and get go to college and have children all together, um, then He's not gonna let a man or or a human or or anything at all, um, ruin his plan for me. So somebody, even though they have a gun, and maybe they broke into our house, they don't have the power to kill me if God does not allow them that, um, if God does not allow them. If God does not allow them, I will not die. I, I can promise this to you. Um, because it's a promise of God throughout the whole entire scriptures. Um, I will not die if God does not allow that. Job, actually, I didn't have this in my plan, but I I feel like this really uh, relates. Um, Job was greatly blessed. I'm just going to stick this in there right now. Um, he was a blessed man and he, back in the day, um... A lot of blessing showed basically God's favor with you. Um he had lots and lots of material things, um but I think he had lots of spiritual things also because he was uh, uh, obedient to God. Um and Satan began to be like he's just obeying you because he he wants uh he knows that you give him peace stuff you know uh you bust him so he that's why he's um obeying you and following you um i keep saying um i'm so sorry (sighs) and so god was like oh really you think so i'm paraphrasing by the way i'm just like saying this story in my own words um oh okay Yeah, okay, I'm reading it now. And Satan says, But put put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And so God's like to Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. So everything he has, you have power over it. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. Meaning, do not touch, like, him like, his his physical body, uh, do not touch him. So, basically, Satan was not allowed to hurt him or uh, affect him. Only his, like, things, his material stuff. Um, So, Satan went and took everything from Job. He he had all his, like, cattle and camels. They were all stolen. All his, uh, like... Sheep were struck with lightning. I'm not kidding. That's actually in there. All his kids were killed and and I mean some of you probably are like, wait, why would God allow Satan to do something like that? Like why would God allow that? I'll get to that. Um and and Job didn't do didn't curse God. Job was patient. He he wept. He was he was exceedingly um, sorrowful because of these afflictions that came upon him. But he didn't turn away from God, and he never did. And then and then God allowed Satan to touch his physical body um, because Satan thought that well well. Well, anyways, he allowed Satan to touch. Okay, okay. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thy hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So, Satan had to ask permission to hurt Job in any way, to take any of his things, to hurt his physical body in any way. He had to ask, request of God the permission. And you're like, why would God allow that? Why? Why, Why? Like, he allowed Satan to take all his things, his daughters, his sons, they died because of this. And then he's like, now he's allowing Satan to like, curse his body like to have like a plague or like a disease now like i thought god loved us so then why does he allow things like that to happen well you see that when people go through hard things um they grow if they allow it if you continue in God's word and His will and you continue with His your relationship with Him, you will find yourself growing closer to God, uh, especially in hard times because you know that He's the only thing that you can go to um, most of the time and He's the only thing that can help you in this situation and, and then you will learn that He's the only thing that can help you always. Um, and you will get to know God better, and you your spiritual self you will grow you will you will mature spiritually, and you will gain knowledge and wisdom and so God works this for good um and also now this story is in the Bible, so that us who come generations later can see how powerful god is and how satan has to ask everything he cannot touch anything without asking he he must gain permission um so god loves you so much i i can't explain to you how much Um, A verse in Psalms, again, says that how many thoughts God thinks about us um, is more than the sand. It's not enough. You can't count it because it's so many times. Um, And I don't know where the verse is now, but if you look it up, you'll probably find it. So, Another reason why this is in here is so that we can read it and we can see, yeah, that God is all-powerful. And we can see how um, obeying God, even through the hard times, sticking it out, like having strength and continuing in God's word um, is rewarding. Job gained spiritual rewards that will last eternity that he will be able to cast those at jesus feet um which is just like the smallest amount to praise god for his um sacrifice for us so that's one thing then job gained spiritual maturity and growth and he now he had a closer relationship with god and um lastly i might have skipped there might be more rewards that job got but lastly for me um he gained double what he had material wise afterwards because job uh, i mean god was god was pleased with him so he showed job and he blessed job Um, And he doubled the amount of, like, wealth and things he had than before. Um, So I hope you see now, uh, God used this story to affect so many people, so many, so many people. um, And as of the death of his sons and daughters, I'm not, I'm not worthy to judge um the righteousness or the the reasoning for God's allowing them to die so that we could learn something from this um God is righteous and he is he has power over all things and he understands way more than I do so I'm not going to try and explain why God allowed them to die um He did, which means that that's, that was his choice. God, our lives are God's. Um, God took it, took their lives, and God is perfect, which means that that was perfect. So I'm not going to question God on that. Um, Maybe somebody understands some way better than me why God allowed those lives to be taken, but not Job's, um, but I, I'm not worthy to question God, God and his ways, so, um, yeah, I hope, I hope that was good, um, also, we always, I feel like humanity sees death as such a, horror like such a terrible terrible thing like something everybody has to go through at one point in life and it's like the worst thing you can go through um when death is literally meeting finally finally after the amount of years that you've lived on this corrupt earth to finally see the face of your father in heaven the loving face um as Christians we have nothing to fear nothing but fear itself and God like in reverence to God but as Christians we we have we are free from fear we should be free from fear and yet we allow it to control us God has been God planned your death since before you were created and I have a feeling that he's been looking forward to that moment when you finally go and you meet him. So, what are we doing dreading that m- moment that is going to be probably the beginning of the best moment of our entire lives ever? Like, death is the beginning of something so much greater than we can imagine. And we are so afraid of it. We are like, when someone else dies, like a a loved one, a relative, we, we weep. We dress in black and we, we, we literally are, we mourn. And that is so weird. It's ironic. Us as Christians, were like, oh, we cannot wait to go to heaven. Somebody dies. It's the worst thing that ever happened to anybody. We should rejoice and be like, this person is in, in heaven with God. I'm so happy for them. I cannot wait to join them. No, instead we cry because, because they no longer live on this broken earth where... Everything is just corrupt and, and then we are afraid of death like if we obviously our probably our flesh is built into our flesh um, to fear uh death and pain and and suffering, but it's just like we don't have enough Faith. We don't, ha- we don't trust, like, if we come close to dying, or if we think we are close to death, like, it's scary, right? Like, when you cross the road and you see a car coming towards you, you get this adrenaline rush, you're like, oh no, why, like, Obviously, that's natural. Like, if you just stood there like, Oh, hit me! Like, one of my friends. <laughs> one of my friends just runs around telling people to hit him. He's just like, hit me! Anyway. If you run around, like, if you just stand in the road, that's weird, huh? Right? Yeah, no. that That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying that if you get hit by that car... That was God's plan for you, and you could survive it, and you could live to tell the tale. And how you recovered, like, praise the Lord. Or you could die. And and that would be the more terrifying option for many, many people, is to the death instead that they always hope to recover live as long as they could on this earth. Why? I want to go. I want to go home. I don't mean I don't want I don't mean that I want to die. But I'm I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go to heaven. And I'm not saying that I won't be afraid when it comes to death, whether it be murder or I I get taken somewhere against my own will, um, because of sinful people or because, uh, because I'm a Christian and, and maybe in a few years that won't be allowed anymore. Um, I'm not saying that I won't be afraid. I, I can, I would probably make the, um, uh, I guess I would make the guess that I would be afraid because that's what's natural, but my spirit would know that God works everything for our go- for our good. He cares about us so so much, and He's working a plan through all this, through the whole entire coronavirus epidemic, um, through these elections. I still don't know what's going to happen. Maybe when you're listening to this. Uh, Things have already gone through, and we already know what happened. Um, or what's to even come? We, could, God is working. God is moving, and He's and He's going to work everything for our good and His glory. And if we live through faith, trusting God, that He will do what He promised us He would do and we live through faith instead of fear whether death is a option or not or a death is lurking or just suffering is lurking when we get to heaven he will i imagine he will look at us and and say to our faces he is well pleased with us because through him we are more than conquerors. Um, lastly, I'm going to read to you Romans 8.31-39. through 39. It's one of my favorite passages. I know I've already read this to you many times, but you're obviously listening to this one for a reason, so I'm going to read it to you anyway. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect we are the god we are god's elect by the way um it is god that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is christ that died yes rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of god For I am persuaded that neither death, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So who can... Who can be against us? Tell me. Nobody can be against us. If we are the Lord's, the Lord is ours. And no one can take that away from us. Nothing can take that away from us. So, we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. I love this passage. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that was encouraging. It's definitely encouraging for me. Um, I really encourage you guys to read your Bibles. Look for yourselves. Um, if you have a question, look up what passages talk about that specific thing. Um, and do a study on it, like, such as I'm doing now. Um, it is so rewarding and is so good. Like I know, I know I've heard people be like, so like passionate about something of God's like, oh yeah, the Bible is so good. Or this book is so good. Or, or like, you know, you hear people be passionate about God, but usually it's like older people, you know? And, and sometimes it seems, I don't know, fake. It seems, it doesn't seem like it's real, you know? and i'm not i'm not just telling you that this is rewarding because i'm one of those bible thumpers or those jesus freaks i am but i'm telling you as a teen to a teen especially a christian teen to a christian teen you don't know how many years i've struggled with reading my bible and praying um a lot of years i spent feeling like reading my bible was a chore and I needed to pray because I was a Christian, so I need to pray, right? But it was a chore. And and then I feel like I, I began reading, and now it's, like, rewarding for me. And, like, not just because it's the Bible. You're like, how can reading a verse or two be rewarding? Um, well, I'll tell you. I've had so many questions, so many questions about so many things. And I began studying the Bible for myself so that I could know what I believed. And I've found, I've, I've, I've seeked and I've found, I've knocked and I've been answered. And I, I have seen more clearly now what God expects and what pleases God and what is not pleasing to God and encouragement in difficult times and and it's amazing it's it excites me, even though I'm just like a Christian teen, I'm just a teen, I'm like you. It excites me, and if it excites me, if you seek God with all your heart, you're like, "What does that mean? Just begin. I was like, "Am I seeking God with all my heart?" no i know i was not i wasn't and now i'm i don't know if i am seeking him with all my heart but at least i am reading my bible and i'm looking and i'm seeing and i'm praying it will become less of a chore but it will become more of like drinking water when you're really thirsty you begin to know what to do in situations in life because you're reading about it and and there are so many verses it's it's beautiful um and I don't know see you t- you I'm just a normal teen. I'm like you. I care maybe maybe you're not some of these but I care about clothes. I care about movies and music. I love those things. I care about friends and and I care about being accepted too. But all that falls away It fell away after I I began to be in the habit of of seeking God and what does he think. Um, And I know that when, I know that those things that I just listed before, friends and people and acceptance, those were ruling over me. Those were taking number one place in the spot where God should have been. And that was controlling my life and leading me down a different path than it would have if I was reading my Bible. And as I began to read my Bible, even though it felt like a chore, I began to learn, and I began to grow, and I began to, like, learn, like, actually learn things about God and how He sees us. And what does He mean here? And what does He mean there? And what what did He mean there? And, and then... There are lots of times when I'll like write a question mark next to a verse and be like, I have no earthly idea what that means. But I put that question mark there so that in a few years when I come back and read this again, I'll be like, I grew. I grew now. I know what that means now. I did in a few years ago, but now I do. So I greatly encourage you, teenager or not, if you begin to read your Bible... And actually look, and actually search to see what God says. And and like, is God that loving though? If you look to see if he's that loving, you will find that he is that loving. If you seek to find, will he protect you? You will find the fact that he will protect you. So I greatly encourage you guys to do some Bible studies for yourselves. And don't forget to because it's the most important thing you could do all day long. Thank you guys for listening. Please leave me a review um, on Apple Podcasts. If you have it, that would be really great. And you can check out my website at thestrangersessions.com. I don't have any socials. Yet, I might get one eventually, but for now, I don't have any, so don't look for me anywhere. I don't know what will pop up. Thank you guys so much. (sighs) Peace out.